Welcome to the Construction Disruption Podcast, where we uncover the future of design, building, and remodeling. I'm Todd Miller of Isaiah Industries, manufacturer specialty metal roofing and other building materials. Today, my co-host is Seth Heckman. Seth, how is today going for you? Going well. How are you doing today, Todd? I'm doing well also. Um, Got to tell you, though, um, so I was at my therapist the other day, and my therapist told me that I have problems expressing my emotions. Can't say I was surprised by that. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of doctors, though, um, you know, you know, I go to a chiropractor every once in a while, and mm-hmm. first time I really thought my chiropractor wasn't any good, but now I stand corrected. <laughs> okay, that's about as exciting as it gets here on construction disruption. <laughs> those weren't your worst dad jokes. Those were those were pretty solid ones this week. Well done. Well, I do need to let our audience know that we are going to be doing challenge words this episode. And what that means is that uh, both Seth and I and our guest, soon to be introduced, um, have a challenge word to work into the conversation at some point. So um, that is a word that's been given to each of us by one of the others. And our challenge is to try to naturally and seamlessly work it into the conversation uh, so that our audience doesn't notice it. But um, we encourage audience members be listening for any odd words we might say. And at the end of the show, we will announce what our challenge words were and whether we were successful or not. So, Seth, we ready to move ahead? I think so, yep. Awesome. Well, today's guest I'm very excited about. It's Jared Ribble. Uh, Jared is with the NRCA, the National Roofing Contractors Association. Um, He is vice president of certification running NRCA's pro certification program, and he also oversees NRCA's qualified trainer program. He is also host of NRCA Stories of an Extraordinary Industry podcast. Now, I believe that NRCA is truly disrupting the roofing industry by bringing new levels of installer certification as an option and a benefit to property owners. Um, Jared, I actually have long wanted to have a guest here on the show who can talk about industry-based certification, so we're I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Thank you so much for joining us. Pleasure to have you here today. I got to tell you, Todd, my adrenaline is pumping today. I am so <laughs> excited to be here, so thank you for having me. We're going to have a good time. Fantastic. Well, I'm looking forward to it as well. Thank you. So let's kind of kick off things here with some details about you. Um, I knew that uh, you grew up around a roofing business, but you're also a professional musician drumming with the best of them. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what brought you to where you are today? Well, great question. And I'll tell you what, it it is kind of odd. Like, grew up in roofing, you're in roofing but music like how does all that tie together so <laughs> let me let, let me just try to give you give you an idea um it's my journey i i'm excited about it i guess but so my grandfather started a roofing company back in the 50s and i think it's kind of interesting that he was working for a roofing company they were making mistakes and that roofing company owner wouldn't go back and correct him so my grandfather said no way I will go back. He went back on his own to these jobs that mistakes were happening on his own time, on his own dime, and was fixing up this company's mistakes. So he's 
screw that. I'll start my own company and do it the right way. Well, that was back in the 50s. So then my dad and my uncle, they took it over and built it and ran it for 30 years. Meanwhile, of course, I come along and my parents are doing what good parents do. They take us to the community high school football games and the Christmas Day parades. And they noticed that I was always keying in on that drum line. <laughs> I mean, literally, I have memories of being on my dad's shoulders and I'd say, Dad, follow the drum line. And we'd, at a parade, we would follow the drum line as we oh, go wow. along. Yeah. <laughs> so I think my parents figured, well, maybe we should get him some drum lessons and so got some drum lessons and continued that all the way through high school. Well, of course, my dad being a second generation roofing contractor, what do you do? Come to your son. All right, son, want to take over the family business? And he knew, because he was the one that was paying for all those drum lessons, <laughs> I wanted to go off and be a rock star, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, you know, my dad, my parents, they're all, okay, well, he was disappointed, but he knew. So they sent me off to Nashville to become, to, to go to college in Nashville, where I live, still live today. And I became a professional musician, did that for 20 years, had a great career playing for Grammy, Dove, CMA award-winning artists, did a lot of television. I was working on you know Fremantle, which puts on American Idol, so that I was out doing some of their shows out in LA. Um, ABC Network put together a show called Nashville with, uh, who was it? Connie Britton, Hayden Penetier. So I was on that show for quite a bit. But 2016, 2017, I was, I was touring with two acts. And one of those acts was touring the US, another of those acts was touring in Japan. I was literally flying Cr wow. across the world trying to keep up with both these tours and so in 2017 i was literally going out onto the stage for a sold out show with one of these acts it was about 40 minutes before showtime nrca called me up and they said hey we've got a three-month project for you is there any chance you'd be interested in doing it i'm like i'm getting ready to go on stage click <laughs> and then a picture of me at that show circulated around on social media and guys I looked tired. Why wouldn't mm. I have been? I looked exhausted, disengaged, disinterested, 20 years doing this, 20 years of the grind. Like, that's not how a drummer should be looking for a sold out show. And I called him up the next day, said, yeah, I'll give, I'll, I'll try that three month contract. I'll do it. That turned into six months, turned into a year and multi, you know, several years later, and then, of course, a pandemic happened in the middle of all that. So that really kind of solidified for me, like, no, we're moving on into, in, into roofing. And uh, so I'm excited to be back in the roofing industry. And of course, now I get to meet all these second, third, fourth generation roofing companies, roofing company owners, and they all kind of say the same thing, like, yeah, roofing sucked me back in. I went off to college to do X and it sucked me back in. And I kind of think, it's not a bad thing. What, what is so scary or bad about roofing that, we're like, that we say it sucks me back in? It, folks, there's two industries that I can think of that will stand the test of time. Toilet paper and roofing. No <laughs> one wants to stand out in the rain. This is not a bad industry to be a part of. It's a great industry. Let's be proud of it. So anyway, that's how sort of roofing and drumming kind of come together. I still play like, listen, literally, like, I've got drums I, I set up here in my office, there. right? Yeah. 
I've got drum kits actually over here. You, you, you don't even see. So I still, I still do it and I, I love it, but it's not my primary focus and way to feed my family anymore. So that's wow. how that kind of all came together. Thanks for asking. It's my, I, I, I enjoy telling my story. So you are a well syncopated guy, whether it's drumming <laughs> or working for NRCA now. That's awesome. So yep. I assume you must have gone to Belmont is my guess. I, I did. I, I went to Belmont University. Yeah. Awesome. Very good. Well, that's great. Thank you for sharing that story. Um, very interesting. So let's kind of move ahead and start to talk about what you're doing at uh, NRCA Day, NRCA Today. So the construction industry in general um, talks a lot about the lack of skilled tradespeople. Um, and, and the fact is, this is probably high in the mind of every construction-related association out there as well, um, including NRCA. And, you know, I've been heavily involved over the years with Metal Construction Association. It's a regular topic at our meetings as well. Um, do you have any general insight to share with us from the NRCA about the worker shortage today and what we can anticipate or what we're facing now or perhaps down the road? Sure. Well, I'll, I'm going to talk about it in two umbrellas, trades in general, and then there's some nuances that I think are going on within the roofing industry. So trades okay. in general, I am, I think, a perfect example. My dad worked for years, blue collar, you know, trade industry. And that generation and the generation before said, you know, we look back, we worked for our pension, we worked to, to feed our families, but I may not have enjoyed that. It was, it was a grind. Don't. And so they taught me and my generation, go off and do something you love. Hmm. Right. And they said, go off to college, better yourself. Don't get stuck in this rat race factory mill type type work. So you have this massive void from my generation who didn't go into the trades. We went into college and to do something we love. We went off to be a rock star, right? <laughs> Just to find out, honestly, like our generation before us, they had a, a, a weight around their neck, an anchor of this job that they, they didn't want the next generation to have that same anchor. Well, we traded one anchor for another, college debt, having to, to do a career that maybe we got into realize, well, now... I don't love this career, but I'm stuck in it now. So anyway, point is, we've got this massive void from my generation that didn't go into the trades. So that's big macro problem. And I think things are starting to change there. But the way roof, roofing is, is even more nuanced. So uh, there is not a centralized training system in place for anyone that is interested in trades to find out that they are actually good at roofing. So I'll give you an example. You go into any trade school and I've seen them with my own two eyes. You go into a trade school and they've got a building envelope mocked up. No roof on it. Hmm. How can wow. you have a building without a roof? So you have a quality kid coming out of high school quality kid they are responsible they're going to show up for class on time they don't want to go to college but they want to learn and they want to use these they want to use their hands so they go to trade school and they are exposed to electrical they're exposed to plumbing they're exposed to hvac carpentry masonry 
And what are they not exposed to? Roofing. Okay, so now you've get these quality kids going into the trades. That's wonderful, but they're not going into roofing. So what does that leave the uh, workforce pool for the roofers? People that didn't want to learn, that couldn't get out of bed on a regular basis to show up to something on time. And now we've got roofing companies that admittedly, and they, they complain. Or, or, or I'll ask them, what, what do you want from a quality worker? I just want them to show up. Show up. Boy, what a low bar. But the ones that prove to show up and prove responsible are going into the other trades because they saw and were exposed to those trades through our training trade school system. So it's a, it, it's a it, you know, it's a macro problem because of the generational gap we have, which I think is, is turning, but it's a nuanced problem in roofing. So in NRCA, believe me, we are diving headlong deep into trying to solve that just, you know, for roofing. So anyway, um, that's, that's what I have to say on, on workforce development, big picture stuff. That's a really interesting observation, though, that, you know, trade schools don't typically do a lot with roofing. I mean, why do you think that is? Are they just assuming that it's not that difficult or it can get trained by anybody on the job? Or, you know, why is it oftentimes being ignored, I wonder? I don't know that I have a complete and perfect answer for that. I have some ideas to fix it. I don't know why it came that why it, why it came about that why that came about, but I do think we've got we're on the verge of uh, verge of some fixing. But it's going to take a little bit of effort. I tell you what's been built: roof training curriculum that is this that is standardized for trade schools. That's been built and available. It's through NCCER. It's the it's the publisher that publishes trade school curriculum. They now have a published curriculum for roofing. Oh wow! Okay. So, so turnkey trade school. All they got to do is get that NCCER curriculum. But here's what we're missing: we're missing the teachers, and we're missing the roofing companies, where the trade schools can point the students to go get real work experience. So it's a simple, it, all we got to do is connect the dots. Roofing company says, I want quality workers. Great. Go to a trade school, connect the dots, send someone over from your company to that trade school to be a teacher. Maybe it's just uh, once a week. It doesn't matter. Take from your company, go be a teacher. Now you have a direct line into quality pool of potential workers that you funnel into your company. They're sure. getting taught and they're getting work experience at your company. And we just connected the dots. But it's going to take a little bit of effort from the contractor to go into that trade school and say, we're here. Start sending the people here and we'll help you get them trained inside of your school. So it's, it's a little chicken or the egg because if the curriculum's not in the school, students aren't going to see it, but uh, trade schools aren't willing to add the curriculum until they know that there's a demand. So contractors got to get involved. They got to get involved and say, we're here. Let's start creating the, the demand because the need is certainly there. 
Very interesting. And, you know, one of the things that I know has been kicked around a lot over the years is, you know, how do we give additional recognition to folks who are out there doing roofing installation? I mean, it's a job that, you know, frankly, one of the least desirable desirable jobs on a job site is typically whoever has to crawl around up there on the roof. And so how do we give more recognition to them? And, you know, maybe that leads us into talking about the pro certification program and um, giving us some nuts and bolts on that and, you know, what that currently looks like for NRCA. Sure. Well, uh, certainly having a professional credential that can be earned uh, goes a long way to that. Absolutely. So ba- back in 2019, um, the, uh, the NRCA commissioned a study of the roofing industry. And what do installers want? And they, they found something really interesting that there was, a gen- there was a generational divide here. Older generations, they want a paycheck, they want to go home, kick back, and eventually they want to retire. So, you know, Xers and older. Okay, so they're now, what, 45, 50 years old? 45 millennials and younger. They found that they wanted training and certification. They want the recognition that their training and professionalism is honored and recognized. And so you get that through a degree, a diploma, a certification that says you are or I am a true professional. I'm committed to this craft and I am good. We don't want to go to a holiday party and have to shuffle our feet when someone asks, what do you do? Mm. Well, I'm a roofer. <laughs> no, no, no. I am a professional certified roof installer in thermoplastic systems and asphalt shingles, and I protect everything you own. That's what we need. Amen. We need people standing up with pride. Oh, that's good stuff. And it's great that you have that hard data to trying to change this narrative, because I think across our industry, it's the assumption is, you know, installers out there kind of say just fiddlesticks to any sort of education or opportunity to learn, you know, or home skills and, and get that uh, recognition. But they're asking for it. They're clamoring for it. So building the systems around it and building organizations that they see the opportunity to support themselves and their families well through those skills, um, there's you know, we can we can turn this problem around. And obviously, you all are doing taking a great step towards that. So let's dig into pro certification. Tell us, uh, you know, I, I don't want to assume anything of our audience. I'm sure that um, a lot of our audience members are from the design side of things, not necessarily uh, from the hands-on construction side. So um, give us an overview of the pro certification program, what it is, and where NRCA stands right now in terms of its development and its, uh, what shall I say, population across uh, different types of, of roofing materials. Sure. Well, let, let's just back up big picture. What is pro certification? It is the installer's professional credential certifying that they are, in fact, a quality roof installer. Now, most people probably listening understand that the skills to do asphalt shingles is a different skill than welding thermoplastic, which is a different skill than fastening metal panels. So 
the certification is system specific. So if you're an asphalt shingler and you're committed to the roofing industry, you're committed to asphalt shingling, you're doing it every day, you have the opportunity to be, be a certified roofing professional, roofing installer, pro-certified asphalt shingler. If you're a thermoplastic installer, certified thermoplastic installer through a third-party certification, yes, you've gotten trained somewhere. We already kind of talked about there's not a really centralized training system. There's great training from manufacturers, great training from unions, great training from uh, inside your own roofing company. Take that training and you know, complete your assessment of your skills and earn your certificate, your, your certified status. So um, that's what it is. And, you know, it, it, it gives consumers a level of confidence. It gives consultants a level of confidence. Many, every, it just gives everyone a level of confidence. Think about our driver's license. Okay, I'm sure every, most everybody listening to this has a driver's license. Think about what you did to earn that driver's license. You took a short little knowledge exam, and then you took a skills assessment. A driver's te tester guy took you out <laughs> on the road and said, turn left, turn right, stop here, do a Y turn here. Okay, and then they gave you a license. Now, it doesn't warranty that you're never going to get in a crash. It doesn't say that you will never be liable, uh, or, or it doesn't it doesn't exonerate you from from any from any possible mistakes. But it gives everyone around you some level of confidence that when we come to a four way stop, we're not going to bang into each other. And mind you, mine says Tennessee on it. I don't know where everyone else's you know is maybe Ohio or some other places, but we can be on the same road and have a level of confidence that we know what we're doing when we come to driving, okay? Mm -hmm. That's essentially what, what the certification is. So, uh, and you get that certification about the same way that you get your driver's test, about. My wife learned how to drive at a high school parking lot. I learned how to drive, literally, I'm from Wisconsin, and the corn, you know, uh, county roads and gravel roads, that's where I learned how to drive. I have friends that learned how to drive in a simulator. It doesn't matter how we learned how to drive. It just matters that we were able to pass the knowledge test and pass the skills assessment. Mm -hmm. And we all have our driver's license, right? So that's a bit how the pro-certification program works because we don't have a centralized training system in place. Get your training, take an online, simple uh, knowledge assessment, uh, which is a lot of safety related questions. And then an assessor will come out to you and assess your skills on a mock-up. Um, we do have options for video, like We've got an app that you can submit videos through. Uh, uh, you can do it that way as well. So we're doing whatever we can to make it as simple and easy as possible to verify your skills. We're even toying with doing it right up on a job site too. So whatever way we can assess your skills, we want to do it. Good stuff. Well, that's and you're making me think about my own driver's exam at this point. So, so I need to share this. So, I'm doing my skills test, my driver's exam, and we're going through an intersection on a green light. Right as I enter the intersection, the uh, tester, assessor, whatever, um, says, "Okay, change into the left-hand lane." 
I did what any one good 16-year-old kid would do. I changed into the left-hand lane. That was when I discovered it's illegal to change lanes in the middle of an intersection. And I swear no one had ever taught me that. Anyway, <laughs> so, so what types of systems? Uh, I know that you know the plan has always been to cover pretty much all types of roofing systems. Where does NRCA stand at that? I know you started with shingles and you've done, I think, some TPO and things. What, what systems are currently covered under pro-certification? Sure. Most all of them. Let's start on the steep slope side. Uh, asphalt shingles, uh, clay and concrete tile, um, okay. metal panel, uh, metal shingles, and slate. So those okay. you know, steep slope uh, steep slope certifications you can earn. On the low slope side, thermoplastic, EPDM, um, and now we're just uh, finishing up building out mod modified bitumen and, and built up. And all the appropriate attachment methods, because uh, you know, modified bitumen, you could be torching, you can be cold applied, or you know, peel and stick, that kind of thing. So, um, so those, yeah, those would be the the low slope systems that people can earn their okay. certification in. So covering just about everything. That that's great. I and I wasn't aware that you'd gotten into tile and everything already at this point. Yeah. So that's fantastic. Yeah, and slate and slate too. Okay. And that's that's been interesting to see that uh i don't want to get too too involved in slate but man chiseling out around pipes and i mean it, it's really neat to see the craftsmanship that goes that goes into slate um yeah. also i i'd be remiss if i didn't say foreman we've got a certification for the foreman uh and that's that's really special to see those guys earn their professional credential and um next fall a service and maintenance technician they will be able to earn their own their own certification as well. Very uh, cool. So, uh, really trying to cover everybody that's up on the roof, trying to trying to make sure that they can stand tall and proud that they are a certified professional. I know uh, on the slate side, I believe you've been working with our mutual friend Brian Chowsma, some who's heavily involved yeah. and one of the experts in the in the country, heavily involved in the National Slate Association. But I was riding around uh, Virginia Beach with Brian one day in his truck, and he reached in the back seat and pulled out the NRCA roofing manuals for every product and told me the story about how you know standardization and having something to plug into changed his business and and was super valuable for them. So on both on the individual side, um, obviously this level of credibility and uh, education, but then for an organization to have a standard and a metric to measure everything back to is obviously incredibly valuable. Um, as this has been implemented, I'm curious, do you have case studies, stories that you find yourself telling a lot what is meant, this has meant for individuals or a company, whether it's, you know, drop in service calls or increase in wages or, you know, increase in efficiencies? What are, what are these stories of these benefits you're seeing out there? Yeah, great question. Uh, data is going to be a little bit hard to pull because we're, we're, we are pretty early. We're three, four years into this. So, you know, I think when we get 10, around 10 years or so, we'll have actual metrics from manufacturers, from uh, building owners and, and consultants that can say, pro-certified workers did this job and we don't have certain products. Sure, so we're, sure. we're going to we'll get to that point eventually. But I've got some stories for you that I just, I find are really powerful. Uh, early on, I was in Sacramento um, helping administer some asphalt shingle exams. And the first one, it was a group of installers, all from different companies. And the first one done, 
uh, he was a Spanish-speaking gentleman, about 50 years old, and he finishes up. He was so proud. He knew he did a good job. And he turns to me and literally has water in his eyes. And he's like, thank you. No one has ever given me an opportunity to show that I am good at this. Wow. And it just smacked me in the face. It was so awesome. Uh, we've got a company uh, down in Dallas who has 85% of their uh, installers certified. And they are now getting calls. We want your company because you are going to, because you have certified workers. So we've got companies that are starting to get business and they're separating themselves apart, which that's really exciting. And now we have some consultants that are putting it into the spec because their customers are saying, we want this. And not only does the customer saying they want this, but this is making the consultant look good. Hey, use me as the consultant. Because not only am I going to help make sure that you're getting the right specification and the right membrane or the right or the right uh, manufacturer product, but I'm going to make sure that the best installers are going to be doing this. And so it's, it's amazing how the consultant can really kind of puff up their chest and say, use me to consult on this because... I'm going to make sure that you get the best stuff. And then frankly, just be perfectly honest with you, it makes their job easier. <laughs> How mm. much reporting does a consultant have to do? That's not only they got to report the good stuff to their, to their client, but they also have to show the bad stuff. And so it makes their job easier. And it's less embarrassing, if you will, when they, because there's less mistakes because they're using better people or, or not better people. They're using proven, uh, right proven uh, uh, installers. So there's, there's, a, there, there's a real, there's a unique uh, thing going on around and uh, with, with, with pro certification. And, and it's really quite exciting to see. Manufacturers, um, manufacturers are excited to see this. Um, uh, the, the manufacturers are excited about it because, you know, how many how much money does a manufacturer spend chasing after warranty claims that really wasn't the product that failed? Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I don't have the number because every manufacturer is different and every manufacturer holds that very close. <laughs> you know, they're yeah. not going to share with me that data. <laughs> but they will say millions and millions of dollars are spent chasing after warranty claims that was not their product's fault. It was Absolutely. because the installer was not really as proven and tested. And then we get into another a, a big issue. Boy, the manufacturers have really ha have a tough time. They have tried to combat this with their own training. They get up on the roofs and they train. They go to contractor shops and they train. But then what happens? The worker that's doing the detail was not necessarily the one that was there in the training. Because workers can be transient because um, there was a shortage of workers at that time. So a lot of the, the contractor had to bring in a lot of subs and yeah, the subs, it was, it was okay. They're pushing around membrane or they're, they're sweeping up and cleaning up, but man, rain's coming. Hey, grab that welder and let me show you how to do it real quick. And they really didn't have the, the true tried and true training to do it. Um, so it, it, it really becomes a problem in real world. So the more we can, show the bar here is the bar 
um, which is the certification. Subcontract labor. Let's get you guys certified. Um, manufacturers, help the contractors and the installers get their installer certified because it raises everybody. Gets everybody going. Man, my adrenaline's kicked in. <laughs> there we go. Get excited. No, good stuff. Thank you. And that's exactly what I was looking for. Facts and figures will come, but those type of stories are already proven the value of this. So that's awesome. Yeah. You know, the thing I keep thinking about is, you know, how nice it would be to see this sort of thing be kicked off in other trades as well, not just roofing. And, you know, I, I think I'm not sure if VSI Vinyl Siding Institute has anything quite like this, but I do think there have been a few organizations look at. But I'm kind of curious, as NRCA went down this path of developing pro-certification, um, were there any real concerns you had to keep high in mind? I mean, one thing I know that you know, it gets bandied about a lot anytime you talk about a certification program, either from a manufacturer or a trade association is, you know, how do I train? How do I recognize people, but yet not necessarily take on liability for their work at the same time, too? So were there any big questions like that that NRCA had to tackle that, um, you know, you think you came up with good responses to? Your question about liability is is fair. I'm going to go back to the example of the driver's license. The state of Tennessee gave me a driver's license, but they are not liable if I get into a car accident. Mm -hmm. You know, so without, I will talk out of turn if I start to act like a lawyer. I am not. We have we have an attorney that goes through our documents and makes sure, sure that we have T's crossed and I's dotted, and we have a whole risk assessment department that that makes sure that that is that that we are in bounds there. But there is just a reality: a certification on its own does not uh, suggest warranty at all. So, but it does suggest, like the driver's license, you and I can be on a road and we can have some level of confidence that we know what we're doing, right? So that was something that we kept in mind. But I, I want to take your question and say some other things that we really kept top of mind when we were building out a system certification. And first off is that we try to keep that certification nationally recognized. Now, what does that mean? It means that we know that workers can be transient. So if, a, in, if, if, if I earn my asphalt shingle certification, can I move to another state and knock on that contractor's door and say, hire me, I've got, I'm NRCA pro certified asphalt shingler. That contractor can have some level of confidence that I can do details in their state. Now there might be some nuances and that, and we ran into that. Well, we don't nail metal that way, or we do the valleys slightly different, or we don't, uh, do as much self-adhered underlayment as maybe what you're going to have to do in the north. But we did deduce it down to skills. Does this installer have the skill to put on self-adhered underlayment? Does this installer have the skill to nail edge metal? Um, and let's keep it, we, we had to keep our experts from diving into code and well we don't do it that way here it's like it doesn't matter do you nail do you pick up a hammer and nail well yeah okay we just want to make sure that you're driving the nails straight we want to make sure that cutting the um the asphalt shingle around the pipe 
properly, that you're doing the head wall properly or the side wall properly. And we, we can we take codes out of it. We, we insert skill. It's all about the skill. So the challenge, clay and concrete tile is a great example. That was a really tough one because what they do in Florida is dramatically different than what they do in Las Vegas. So we have had to nuance and say, high wind zone. If you take this certification assessment and you do it this way, you're going to get an extra designation that says clay and concrete tile, high wind zone. Because what we also don't want to do is we don't want a hurricane to happen in Florida. And then we get a bunch of installers from Vegas coming into Florida with a certification saying, I know how to do clay and concrete tile. Wait a minute you don't know how to do clay and concrete tile this way. Mm -hmm. You have to have the high wind zone certification in order to be qualified to do it here. So there are, there's, there was some challenges there and we think we're landing on some things with high wind zone variations, but generally the challenge was to keep it national. And then what was so cool about it. And, you know, you mentioned NSA and I'll, I'll use the slate, uh, the slate, certification as an example. We had quarriers come in. We had the National Slate Association and the Slate Roofing Contractors Association and the NRCA and the Brian Chalsma, uh, those guys coming in as contractors. And they all worked together to build out the spec of what is required for this certification. It wasn't Jared sitting in his cubicle saying, hmm, I want to see them fasten this way. It was the manufacturers, the contractors, the installers, all coming together as, as one unit to say, this is what's going to be good for our industry. And to, I, I get really, honestly, really adrenalized when I see people coming together and it's not just coming out of one source, but all of us coming together, working for the good of the industry just gets me so jacked up, you know, and Amen. to be able to watch that process was really cool. But it was also a challenge because one manufacturer says, well, we do it this way. One manufacturer says, well, we do it that way. Well, wait a minute. What's the skill that's required to do that? And mm -hmm. it was great. It was so fun. Good stuff. Well, I'm, I'm curious. This has been great information on pro certification. Um, can you share with us anything about other activities going on at our NRCA these days? Uh, I mean, great question. And NRCA, the National Roofing Contractors Association, at our core, we are a group of contractors all working together to solve problems and all working together to help each other find solutions to our, our industry's biggest challenges. We talked about workforce development. That ends up where I tend to live mostly, so I'm going to speak to that. But uh, what is NRCA doing to help contractors with workforce development? We worked to create um, uh, training curriculum with the NCCER to get that into trade schools. I already talked about that a little bit. Contractors get into the trade schools and help out. We've created a way for you to funnel great quality workers into your company. Then we've created a way to have ongoing training inside your company. So we've created the tools, training plans, 
uh, web-based content that is right at your fingertips to, to continue training these workers inside your company. The Qualified Trainer Program is a part of that. Teaching and raising up one of your workers to be a great trainer inside your company. And then that all leads to a certified professional installer. So the entire workforce development uh, path is developed for you. All you got to do is step in and take the pieces that is going to help your company. So the entire train, uh, the entire workforce development train is right at your fingertips. So get involved and take advantage of the solutions that are that are right there. One of the things I want to mention too, um, I love your podcast, Stories of an Extraordinary Industry. Um, so well done. You've had some great guests. Um, can you tell us a little bit about some of the guests, some of the things you hope to accomplish through that show? You're what, maybe 15 episodes or so in? I forget the exact number, but uh, well, I'd love to hear a little bit. I would like to correct you on that. I think we're at 33 Please. or 34. Are you episodes. really? Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll tell you how how the whole thing came about because it, it might it might find it might be interesting. So uh, our former CEO, he was he'd always dreamed of having an NRCA podcast. Of course, there's never capacity to do that kind of stuff. But unbeknownst to me, he's out on the road talking with people, and he started recording conversations that he would be having with a manufacturer president or a really great you know, contractor member, etc. So he's recording conversations. And then the pandemic happens. And he then naturally assumes because I come from the music world and production world. He's like, you're not out on the road teaching classes anymore. Here, do this. Little did he know pandemic happens. And we were in a massive changeover of being able to turn all of our classes into virtual options. Sure. So it wasn't like I wasn't busy. However, nonetheless, drops all these recordings on my desk and says, make a podcast. Okay. So I start listening to these conversations and I start hearing stories, incredible stories that were, um, I mean, just fascinating for, for, uh, uh, they were sharing a story about how every Ronald McDonald house, in the US will never have to worry about their roofing because every Ronald McDonald house has been adopted by a roofing company or an area, uh, roofing companies in that area. So they never will have to pay for maintenance or any kind of roofing work on the Ronald McDonald house. 160 Ronald McDonald houses across the country. How did that happen? Well, found out the story and we told the story and then started to hear stuff like when 9-11 happened and the Pentagon got hit. Not one taxpayer dime went into re-roofing the Pentagon because roofing companies banded together, manufacturers banded together, Home Depot banded together and donated the re-roof of the Pentagon. How did that all happen? So we started to tell these stories. And it was just, it, so I started to hear all this and I'm like, wait a minute, this is, we got some cool stories to be proud of. No more shuffling feet at a holiday party. I'm just a roofer. 
No way. Roofers are doing extraordinary things, and we got to tell those stories. And as I'm sifting sifting through the content, I also started to realize I am learning a ton. These are really smart, wise people. So we ended up with a podcast that's we're telling stories to make the industry proud and that we can learn something. And I'm 44 years old and, you know, I've got a lot to learn. And if other 44 year olds are out there listening, man, maybe they're they're able to learn some of this stuff, too. So it's really fun to do. And um, and we put a lot of effort into them. So I don't take it lightly. And it means the world to me for you to give it high praise. Uh, we put a lot of effort into it. And boy, we sure hope that the, the listeners get a lot of a lot out of it as well. Well, I certainly encourage everyone to check it out. That's for sure, because um, it it is a great show. So, uh, stories of an extraordinary industry, good stuff. So, um, man, I tell you, you're 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 just I can tell you're passionate, you're excited about what you do, um, and you know I, I kind of sense that you know one of the driving factors really is for you you know, recognizing this industry and recognizing the workers in this industry. Um, I'm just kind of curious, I mean, is there any other overriding goal that really drives you um, to have this level of excitement and enthusiasm and passion? Uh, where, where does that come from for you? Two life-changing, they're small, but two life-changing situations happened to me. And um, the first one, I was probably at 10 years old. My older brother was two years older than me. He was 12. And I don't know what happened in this conversation between my brother and my dad, but my brother popped off to my dad, like a good 12-year-old's going to do. <laughs> and he's, he, he pops off. He's like, well, you're just a roofer. Mm. Holy cow. I don't know. I, my dad slapped him back so hard. Not physically yeah i'm just a roofer my hard work built this great house gives you education puts clothes on your back feeds you go stand out in the rain next time it's raining without a roof and you tell me i'm just a roofer wow. so we got a problem with it with our kids not recognizing and understanding that roofers are very valuable go stand out in the rain yeah Fast forward now, Jared goes off and becomes a rock star. Dad sells his company. And and, and dad says, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go, I'm gonna try to run, I'm gonna run for Congress. Okay. So my dad's running for Congress, and you know, he's on one side of the aisle, his competitors on the other side of the aisle. We all understand our two-party system. And his competitor did not run on ideology and the political ideology. He poked at my dad because he was just a roofer. Go stand Mm. out in the rain Mm. and tell me he's just a roofer. Okay. So those two moments in my life watching. Now it's just, it's profound. We are not just roofers. Yeah. We protect everything you hold dear. It deserves respect. And we have to start standing up and saying we are not just roofers. I deserve a professional credential that shows 
I am awesome and I deserve to be hired. And I deserve to not shuffle my feet when I'm at a holiday party. Go stand out in the rain and tell me how valuable I am. That's why I'm passionate about it, Todd. That's good stuff. I'm glad you shared those stories, too. And uh, just for those who don't know, your dad did go on to win that race and <laughs> spent some time in D.C. And, uh, yeah, fantastic. In fact, that was where I first met him uh, was yeah. uh, in his D.C. office. So uh, good stuff. Yeah. Well, Jared, this has been great. Um, incredibly informative. Just uh, so neat to see your passion and everything. We we really are close to wrapping up the what we call the business end of things. Is there anything we haven't covered today that you would like to cover? I I, I appreciate asking your, the question. The only thing that's left to cover is NRCA, the National Roofing Contractors Association. We are here to serve you. We are here to help you. If you need something, you gotta call. If you're not a member, you gotta call. Just call us. We are here to help you. And from my desk, the certification desk, you wanna get your worker certified, or if you are a worker uh, and you wanna get certified, call me, call us. We will get you on the path. So we're here to serve you. Give us a call. I'm glad you mentioned that because I kind of uh, realized I skipped over that earlier as far as how someone could get involved. So so there are opportunities both for companies to get their folks involved in personification and also individuals. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, it, it's an individual certification. If, if right. you are an installer and you want to earn it, you just call us up and we'll get you in the path. If you are a roofing company and you say, I've got some guys that really deserve this and I want to honor them. Well, call us up and we'll get them on the path. Um, um, so just just call us. We're here to serve you. Good stuff. Well, thank you. So before we close out, um, I do have to ask you if you're willing to participate in something we call our rapid fire questions. So these are seven questions. Some may be serious. Some may be silly. All you got to do is give an answer and our audience understands that uh, Jared has no idea what we're about to ask. So are you up to the challenge of rapid fire? My yes, my adrenaline is kicked in. I have no idea. I could just completely embarrass myself. My kids might disown me. I don't know, but I'll give it a shot. Uh, it's all fun. Okay, well, seven questions. We will alternate. Uh, Seth, will you want to ask the first one? Sure. All right, here we go. Rapid fire question number one You're trying to survive a zombie apocalypse. What one person do you most want on your team? My wife. Good answer. I, I had a feeling that would be your answer. I don't know no, why. She, no, guys, she is, you know, I, I've figurative rock star. She is a rock star. She, oh, man, she she is Wonder Woman. I, you you want my wife in your foxhole if, if there's a problem. Yeah, yeah, my wife is awesome. Awesome. Well, I had the opportunity to talk to her a little bit this week, and I could tell that, so I could vouch for everything you're saying. Question number two. If you had to eat a crayon, what color of crayon would you choose to eat? Blue, because it might taste like blueberry slushy. There you go. That makes sense. I don't think it will, but good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> Question number three. What do you most want to be remembered for? That was a good dad. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that'd be cool. Shout out to all the dads out there. I, yeah. I, I hear you. I hear yeah, you. Yeah, that's a tough job. Moms have a tough job too, but yeah. yeah. If I was a good dad, if my kids said that, I'd, I'd be good. Good stuff. 
Okay. Are you a morning person or more of a night owl? I'm thinking with those rock star roots, maybe a night owl, but I don't know. Uh, I actually am at my best early in the morning. Good for you. <laughs> I, I, uh, yeah, that tends to be me too. Although anymore, as I get older, about eight, nine o'clock, I'm toast. In the evenings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, sure. Yeah. Back in the day, uh, sure. I, I had to stay up late and, and when that, when your life is set up that way, you, you do it. But, um, yeah, if I can get up early, I, it's getting to a point now where I don't, I block off my calendar. Like after two thirty, don't even book a meeting with me. I'm not going to be any good for you. Get me at eight. Get me at nine a.m. That's when I'm firing on all the best cylinders. You know, good stuff. What is a product you have purchased recently that has been a real game changer for you? Okay, I, I'm going to totally embarrass myself. <laughs> <laughs> And and I think we can keep this all regionally reasonably PG PG thirteen. Great quality underwear. <laughs> Get good quality underwear. I mean, the kind that you can't put in the dryer that you have to that you have to air dry. Right. Good quality underwear will change your life. If you're buying a pack of Hanes from uh, from Walmart, you are missing out. Find good quality underwear and dive in and. Oh, this smile is probably because of the underwear I'm wearing. So do you have a brand recommendation? Can you set us on uh, on a path towards good quality underwear? Uh, I personally subscribe to the, the underwear called Me, Me, M-E, Undies. Me, Undies. Okay. Check them out. And uh, it's it will put a smile on your face. You and, and they don't pay me to even say that. So Awesome. Good stuff. I, I may need to check those out. So a few years ago, I kind of made a little transition into pair of thieves, but I think me undies might be a step or two above that. So I, I will tell you, hey, I know pair of thieves. I know the cost of pair of thieves. Same price, twice the experience. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> experience, not in there. It's an experience. <laughs> Oh, okay. Is it up to, oh, it's my question. Okay. Oh, I always love this question. So what non-family person have you had regular contact with for the most years? Perhaps a childhood friend you've stayed connected with or something like that. Someone who you're not related to, but you have had contact with them the longest. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, a childhood friend. I don't know. I don't have an exciting story at the moment that I can yeah, think of. I'm fine. sure I could, but I, I've got a childhood friend. We, um, we went to a summer camp together every year and we wrote letters in between is back when you actually write, write sure. letters and we have stayed in touch ever since. I'm so proud of him. He, he's, uh, he and his wife are doctors out on the West coast and doing incredible work for cancer research and ovarian cancer and all this kind of stuff. And they're, they're changing the world um, in, in the cancer world. And I'm just super, super proud of them. I, I like to be able to brag on that my friends are smarter than me and more successful than me. Maybe I can get up to their level, you know. Uh, but I've known him probably the longest um, since I was probably four or five. Wow. Even maybe wow. younger. Cool answer. I like it. Okay, last question. Yeah. What is your favorite meal? My favorite meal is not the one that's good for me, of course. It's pizza. <laughs> there is not a pizza that I've ever not liked. I don't care if it's frozen Jack's pizza or frozen DiGiorno or 
um, uh, Giordano's from Chicago or I don't care if it's Sparrow from the mall or the <laughs> airport. If it's pizza, there's not a pizza that I've not put in my mouth that I didn't like. Hard to beat. Yeah, you know? I, I, yeah hard to beat. I agree. Although I do like a wildfire steak with a little horseradish crust on top. That's awfully uh, well, good. Too, so. Yes, I mean, <laughs> there, there are some fancy, <laughs> fancier things in life that without a doubt um you know there's you know there great steakhouses across the country i've been real fortunate to be able to to eat at and yeah that's what you're saying that is awesome but if the everyday commoner you know i'm not going to turn down a pizza <laughs> pizza's good good answer oh okay so i need to let our audience know um I learned in this episode, Jared is an extreme overachiever. Um, so we were all successful with our rap, with our uh, challenge words. Um, in fact, Jared was successful about a half dozen times. With his challenge word. <laughs> what do uh, I win? What do I win? Uh, absolutely nothing. <laughs> a certification will certify you as a quality. Yeah. Challenge word player. Yeah. A qualified construction disruption guest. How's that go? I, I like, like it. it. <laughs> so jared your word was adrenaline do you sense that i've had some adrenaline today <laughs> and by the way i have no caffeine in my system and can you imagine if i did <laughs> i have a my wife has a strict no caffeine policy for jared when we go on a long trip because i'm just bouncing all over the car <laughs> no. adrenaline I, I have... that was my word I have to do that to my wife, too. Man, she gets a little caffeine, and that's crazy. <laughs> so, Seth, your word was? Fiddlesticks. Yeah. You worked it in well. And my word was syncopated. I'm not even 100% sure I used it right, but I think it came off okay. No, you did. You got it in there early on. It was great. <laughs> well, Jared, um, this has been a real pleasure and and uh, great deal of information here. So thank you. So for folks who would want to get in touch with you or to learn more about pro certification, I know you said earlier they can just call you. Um, but, you know, what are the, the easiest ways for someone to learn more to get in contact with you? Sure. Easiest thing to remember is nrca.net. Four letters, dot net. N-R-C-A dot net. My contact info is right there. You just got to do a click or two. You'll find my contact. You'll find my email, nrca.net. Contact me. We'll get you hooked up. Anything we can do to help you, we're going to be there. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Jared. This has been great. We really enjoyed it. Glad to be here. And I want to thank our audience, too, for tuning into this episode of Construction Disruption with Jared Ribble, R-I-B-B-L-E, Vice President of Certification for NRCA and Director of their Qualified Trainer Program. So we encourage you, please watch for future episodes of our podcast. Um, we're always blessed with great guests, just like this episode. Um, don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or YouTube. We love those. Um, and until the next time we're together, keep on disrupting. Um, don't don't forget to, to have a positive impact on everyone you encounter. Make them smile, encourage them to simple yet powerful things we can all do to change the world. So God bless and take care. This is Isaiah Industries signing off until the next episode of Construction Disruption. This podcast is produced by Isaiah Industries, manufacturer of specialty metal roofing and other building products.